Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Back to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and this afternoon I'm joined by Kevin McCluskey and Laura Bradburn. It's 4 1. That's what it was at half time. How often does that happen, Laura? The second half does, doesn't get into the same groove. Yeah, I mean, we've been through enough bad seasons in the past to, to think better than complaining that it only finished 4 1 when we'd seen the game off, but. If you told me at halftime we wouldn't see another goal, I would not have believed you. Um, the the life was just completely taken out of the game by by our dominance in the first half. And as much as I would have loved to see us absolutely batter them in the second half and go on and get more, a four one victory is a four one victory, and I can't really complain about it. It's it's whether you do the job in twenty minutes as we did today, or you do the job in ninety, like it, the job's done. So. Um, I'm sure Ange will be frustrated that there wasn't more from the team in the second half and I'm sure uh, some of the players on the pitch will be frustrated, not least O if he's trying to impress uh, Jurgen Klinsmann. But, you know, sometimes you can't you can't help the way these things go. Um, and to be absolutely honest, I'm quite happy to get off that pitch today with a victory and no apparent injuries from what I could see. Yes, um, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, I would have taken 4-1 all day long. Uh, before the game, you know, it's just that when you see that incredible start that we made and then you start thinking, right, I want the 10. We need to get the 10, a different type of 10 this time, Kevin, of course. Um, but all that talk of Klinsmann made me think, and I've not checked it yet, and I'm wondering if uh, Klinsmann 
played against Vata that night in Peter Grant's testimonial. I'm going to have to check that because obviously Vata's son, Rudy Vata's son Rocco came on and one of the first comments that comes in is from Franny Weldon. That second half was underwhelming after the blitz of a first half. Nice to see the young lads get minutes. So Ben Summers makes his debut, Kevin, uh, which obviously was just like, you know, a few minutes near the end of the game. But actually Vata's performance, I'm going to focus on this We'll go back to the first half and all the good things that happened in the first half. But I think it's it, it merits a mention. Vata, he comes on in 67 minutes. And I think everything, everything I've seen him doing uh, was positive. Yeah, I thought he had a really good performance when he came on. Um, he didn't see much of the ball, but anytime he did, he looked good with it. He's put in a couple of decent crosses. There was one, was it maybe 15 minutes to go? First time crossing to the near post and all... Uh, Excuse me, all gets on the end of it and puts it just wide. So he's um, he impressed enough anytime he made the ball. Looks pretty direct, decent pace, takes up good positions as well, which you like to see. So he's off the ball, movement's good. And when he was on it, he did well. So um, he he was a he was one of the the bright spots of the second half because I think you know, as Laura's touched on, it wasn't our best second half performance, but. If at the start of the day, one of those ones, at the start of the day, someone says, you'll win the game 4-1, are you happy with that? You'll take it. So it's the nature that we were a little bit slow and sluggish in the second half. It's not great, but it's about getting the three points. We're another three points closer to the title. Um, and yet there's some positives. That have been one of them. Good to see Summers get on. Would like to have seen him get longer, but it's all boding well. No, it is. And, you know, we, we're not going to completely forget about the, the first half performance. It was so good that we're going to have to go back over that. Absolutely. Um, there were some interesting points in the second half that we'll cover first. The, the first being the performance of young Rocco Vata. Um, we talk quite regularly, Laura, about the introduction of youth, how difficult it is at a club like Celtic and to get anywhere near a sniff at a bench even, uh, no, literally sniffing benches, but to get <laughs> anywhere near that, you need to be an exceptional talent. And obviously we've seen a few come close recently and, and we were so disappointed when Ben Doak came in and then very quickly moved on. And I've been saying for a while, Rocco Vata's the next in this line of youngsters that we want to see breaking in. It looks like he is. It seems like a gradual process, but it looks as though he is breaking in. Uh, but everything I've seen from him, both defensively, uh, the work rate, the cross, first thing he did, he, he tried to get all a goal in front of Klinsman with that cross. That was exceptional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was... He was... Um, He's shown glimpses of potentially being a, a player for the future, and it is exciting to see. Um, I think... The only the only fear I have as far as that's concerned is, is another kind of Ben Doak situation evolving where anybody with a glimmer of talent um gets a few especially at this time of the season, gets a few appearances in the shop window and a club comes in in the summer and says, Well, they've done all the hard work, why don't you come here and we'll um we'll take you on and um, that's my only fear. But you've got to just appreciate the players while they're here and hope that they stay for, for as long as they can and if Rocco Vata goes on to prove that he's as, as talented as some people are saying that he is then um, he's certainly a, a good player that we've got in our hands but just to answer your question I just looked up on and thanks to the, the, the guys and girls at Celtic Wiki for this but um, I don't think Rocco Vata made an appearance at a 
at the at Peter Grant's testimonial. We had the uh, uh, Celtic greats like Stuart Hay and John Joe McBride there and stuff like that. But uh, John Paul McBride, I should say. Um, but that, oh jeez, that I'm not even going to look at that Bayern Munich team because that just puts the fear in me. Honest to goodness, it was frightening. Rudy might not have played that against uh, Klinsmann then, but some stato out there might be able to pull up the game. He was the man of the match against. West Germany for Albania so maybe he did feature against uh, wow. on that occasion, I do remember that Vata was outstanding uh, now there's a few other points in the second half John Sweeney, Kevin's just giggling away there I don't know if you think I'm uh, just <laughs> looking for talking points in that second half John Sweeney sums up that second well, half a game of Albania against West Germany that's oh, good Vata <laughs> was outstanding listen I'm still laughing at his attempt to justify bench sniffing as an exceptional <laughs> talent but <laughs> Laura, come on, this could go this could go south really quickly uh, John Sweeney subs up that second half when the highlight was Johnston tackling Jones now, I'm bringing this up John it's a good point because you know, Johnston, we've been speaking about Alistair Johnston and the fact that he's a machine and the fact that he loves a tussle and he's become a cult hero virtually overnight but when he's basically taken out Jones uh, for a, a, a tackle on fellow right-back Maurice Bauer at Ibrox a few years ago, then you know you've got a player, Kevin. Absolutely. I bet that's what was going through his head at the time as well when he was doing it. He uh, <laughs> remembers that game well. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you should bring up Alistair Johnston because last night uh, I was at the Ferenc Varos game and mm. afterwards I met up with a couple of uh, boys from Canada uh, for a couple of drinks. And they were just going on about Johnston and how uh, how highly kind of respected and regarded he is back in Canada. Um, they were they were talking a lot about his interview that he did the pre-match on Friday, and how that is uh, it was it's an extremely kind of genuine interview that he's given. So when you've seen players in the past that will come in and maybe talk about, oh, it's a great honour to play for Celtic, and you can tell there's a little bit of BS behind it because they're kind of it's almost like reading from a script at a time. With him, it's absolutely genuine. He's really taken aback by how big a club Celtic is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the following, the fans, the passion, everything that's then he feeds off that. So he, he gets all that. Um, and to see him today just going in with that kind of tackle, you know, it's that's him through and through. By the looks of it, just a really full-blooded, committed fullback, a bit of a throwback to the old style, traditional mm-hmm. Kind of feel back, um, and someone that's just absolutely fitted in uh, seamlessly, like he's been here for for a very long time, and I hope he is here for a very long time because he's a, a, an extremely talented player. Um, but again, the point they were making, sorry, is that he's a player who knows his limitations, and he's fine with it because he knows how he can work within a team and how he can work well, and the, then the qualities that he brings, and you see that because he, he just he does what he knows he can do. He doesn't try and do anything fancy that he's, that's going to put him or the team under any pressure. And, and you know, anyone who's played on Astro of any quality knows that obviously uh, going in for a tackle like that, you're going to have a wee graze on the side of your leg for sure. And he's not interested in that. He knows he's ta- taking a yellow uh, yellow card for the team when, yeah. when he takes him out as well. Um, and that move that I mentioned earlier, Laura, where Vata, uh, bursts down the right-hand side and plays a, a an inch-perfect pass to O. That was created by Johnson. He seems to mm-hmm. have that knack. We used to like uh, Zhiranovic teaming up 
um, up the right-hand side. And, and I think Ralston's good at it as well, actually. But um, Johnston is part of that attacking uh, framework that we've got as well down the right. Some of the passes he plays inside are brilliant and he can overlap as well. Obviously, he got an assist today. Well, it just shows you... Like It's interesting that you bring up Juranovic there because it just shows you how if you allow a manager to operate properly and replace players when they leave, the replacement of a player then becomes a non-issue. I don't think anybody's sitting here saying that they miss Juranovic when we've got Johnston in the right-back position. Whereas if Juranovic had been allowed to leave and we were having to... um, and we had Ralston, but nobody else backing him up, you'd have been sort of saying, well, I don't know what we're going to do if Ralston gets injured or... Or that kind of thing. Instead, the 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 board have done what they should have always been doing. They've backed the manager. They've gone out and get the man that he wanted. And Juranovic leaves. We're financially up as far as that's concerned because Johnson was brought in for a smaller fee than, than Juranovic was like, go for. And then we've also got Ralston there as another option. And it makes the whole process entirely seamless and you don't have this running about panicking, getting last-minute players in who are quite obviously either loan deals or short-term fixes to a problem that you were panicking to fix. And the bonus into that is that trusting the manager, you've got a player of quality as well. It's clear that Ange can see a quality player. So if you're the board and financially you're in a position to be able to back him, which we appear to be, you should give him whatever he wants because he's hardly, hardly put a foot wrong so far. I'm sure somebody in the comments could bring up an Abogard or somebody like that that, that you know, is is a... But instead of it being 50% good choices and 50% bad, Ange is probably about 90-10 at this point, which is a more than fair rate of success. And nobody can sit here and say that two years ago we could have put out a, pl- a team missing five first-team players and absolutely blown Kilmarnock away the way we have today. But it just shows how far we've come in terms of how Ange is able to identify players, bring them in, bed them into the team. And now we've got a situation where we're, we're nearly missing half of what you would consider a first-choice team today and it didn't phase us one bit. I know. And that's a, a fair point when people are talking about the drop-off in the second half. Uh, there's a lot of comments coming in saying how bad the second half was. You, you know, you've got to take into account, Laura, the fact that we do have some big, big players missing today. Carter Vickers, and in all areas of the park as well, Carter Vickers uh, was a huge miss. Uh, always would be. Jota is out, Hatati's out, uh, Abada's out. So, you know, it might not have been a big discussion point before, uh, sorry, at half time, but it certainly is at full time when you consider uh, the entirety of the game. Um, I want to bring up a wee point before we move on to some of the other individual performances, right? And it was the news around about the half half time mark that Callum Davidson had been sacked by St. Johnson. Now, we had a, a conversation during the week there about um, how we, we're constantly getting moaned at just for being successful. We're constantly being moaned at just for keeping our books intact, Kevin, you know. All right, it's all right for you. Well, it's no, because Celtic still need to do due diligence on every player, every deal, every bit of sponsorship. We still need to sell tickets. Success doesn't come by itself. And Ange says that time and time again, this isn't easy. To put a run together like the one we're, we're on isn't easy. Um, you know, and it's easy for people to say, but there's no competition. And it doesn't work like that, right? But I said during the week that all these other teams that should be 
achieving far, far more. And Brian Degnan says it's about aspirations. Just constantly make bad decisions. And St. Johnston, right, have gone out and sacked their gaffer. Now, I don't think St. Johnston are going to get relegated this season, right? They've sacked the manager. And you look at what he has achieved under, you know, for, you know, a provincial club, what, what he's achieved for a provincial club. And they've sacked him. And it's a yet another example of that knee-jerk reaction, the short-termism that we've seen by Hibs and Aberdeen, potentially Hearts. We've seen it with Dundee United. And St. Johnson have done it again today. Kevin, now I know that's nothing to do with the game that we're playing, but I'm going to link it to Kilmarnock today and the lack of fans at the game. It's just that short-termism. It's it's the the mentality among Scottish football where it's just it's tin pot at times. And I think that's another example of it today. Yeah, it's bizarre at times. It's really frustrating uh, as someone that wants to see the Scottish game grow and develop and become more competitive again. Callum Davidson, I think he's done a fantastic job at St Johnston. I mean, he's won, he's won more trophies. St Johnston have won more trophies than any other team in Scotland, bar Celtic, in the last five seasons or whatever it is. You know, when has that ever happened for a team like St Johnston before? You know. his, his record there is, I think it's been, I think it's been excellent. St Johnston are always a team that kind of struggle to score goals. They're always, generally, always a kind of mid-table team that'll scrap for uh, getting top six or just missing out. And they'll have seasons where they struggle a, a wee bit because they don't have the resources. But in Davidson, I thought they had a, a good manager and someone that could have helped take them places again. Uh, so it's a bizarre move. But yeah, it's kind of... It's that aspirational thing that you're saying yourself and Brian were talking about during the week. Kilmarnock today and every team that come up against Celtic, right, there's a very good chance they're going to lose the game anyway. But they've got no intent to win it. And you see that week in, week out. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost damage limitation from the start. It's let's just sit back and defend. If you're a fan of that team, why would you even bother going to let you see it? Like I want to be entertained when I go and watch a game. Um, and you're not getting that from a lot of teams in, in Scotland. There seems to be no... As you say, yeah, no kind of long-term plan. Hibs have been another one that have gone through quite a few managers in recent years. Yep. Looked like they were going to be progressive given somebody like Sean Maloney the job. You know, you, you need to give him at least a year to bring in new ideas and, and help take them forward. Didn't work after what, 10 games, they get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And they do the same with whoever comes in afterwards. And it's just... It's really short-termism. It's shooting, shooting themselves in the foot every time. And the whole thing with the stadiums as well, especially a game that's live on TV, you want to show the best side of the game that you possibly can. If it means selling three stands to Celtic fans, do it. Yep. Because financially, the club benefits from it. The atmosphere at the stadium is great and it looks better on TV. And We always want to get better TV deals. And how are you going to get it if you're selling a product that's, what, stadium 30, 40% full, you're just not going to do it. There needs to be a whole rethink from top to bottom, I think, of some of the clubs as to how they want to progress. If they if they want to progress and if they want to become a second or third force in the game. No, you're right. I mean, you mentioned Hibs, so it goes Jack Ross, Sean Maloney, Lee Johnson, Aberdeen, yeah. Stephen Glass, Jimmy Goodwin, Barry Robson. And, and 
St Johnston today, absolutely ludicrous decision, I've got to say. But the reason I'm bringing it up is uh, Paddy Burns, we shall not be moved. Yeah, I mean, one of the highlights of the second half was the fact that Celtic's travelling support, as always, um, sang for the entire half. Uh, but as Kevin rightly says, Laura, we could have had three stands there. Now, it's not just about being a selfish Celtic fan and saying that we want to have more tickets and this kind of thing. It's a spectacle of the game that, that's affected. You're, you're looking at the, the footage on, on TV and the TV revenue is a massive income stream for every single club in the country and it looks amateur, it looks tin pot. And you, you look at the fact that you know Celtic fans would have bought the vast majority, if not all of the empty seats, had we been given the opportunity to do it. Um, but there just seems to be an issue with, with other clubs um, almost like cutting their nose, nose off despite their face sometimes, Laura. Yeah, I think there's just a, an element of um, almost like, you know, people say there, there's an old adage that you don't buy a football club as a good football decision. You buy it as, you know, a passion project or whatever. But what's quite clear is that there's one way in which you can make it a better football decision, and that is to make as much money from getting people through the gates as possible. And to sit there and say, I don't want more of the away fans in the stadium than home fans, then you are just cutting your nose off to spite your face. And you probably need to look a little bit deeper and say, what about our club is not appealing to the local fan base? What about our club is not drawing them to the games? Why are people going either further afield to, to support a club or just not turning up to football in any capacity? It's not. It's easy for them to point the finger in Scotland and say, well, Celtic and Rangers are the two big clubs. Everybody will just choose to, to go there. Give people a reason to come, especially in this day and age. If you're not making any money because nobody's coming anyway, give them free kids' entry. Give them free free food when you enter the stadium or, or something like that that gets them in the door and then maybe you create a, a, a legacy or a, a a connection with the club that will bring people back when they are getting charged more money. I think they're far too lazy in their decision making and it's far too easy a get out for them to say, well, Celtic and Rangers are the club everybody wants to see. The, the, there's so much you could do and there are certain clubs in the Scottish setup. Queen's Park being the one that we always talk about, mm-hmm. but they're doing a lot to like to really try and entice people in and make it a, a genuinely exciting prospect to go and see that team. And they're doing it in the hardest setting where they've got the most direct competition with Celtic and Rangers supporters. So if they can do it, any Scottish club can do it, and they should be doing it because you've got an opportunity when you're not making any money off it anyway to say to families, well, in this cost of living crisis, we can offer you something that's entertaining, that gets your kids out in the fresh air for an afternoon um, and and maybe creates a legacy that you're going to have going forward. I don't understand why, rather than even do that, they would rather just sit with an empty stadium because, like you say, it, it's bad for the atmosphere at the game. It's even worse when you're watching on the TV and you just see screeds and screeds of empty seats. It's It's terrible. Terrible. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Business decision. Really backwards, Laura. How, um, how much is it for a ticket at Rugby Park? Just as a thought. Or, or roughly about 30 pounds. For today's game, say. Yeah, and again, that's another issue, Kevin, because obviously um, mm. we seem to get charged a premium. Mm. Um, well, come exactly. The prices go up as exactly. well. Yeah, and 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 that makes it even more bizarre why they why they won't open up more of the space mm-hmm. to Celtic fans, because I've just checked that when I Rugby Park's got an eighteen thousand capacity, so they gave us twelve thousand of that at thirty pound a pop, two games. 720 grand it is a season that they could make from just from two games against us. If you do the same for the Rangers games, it's 1.4 million for a club like Kilmarnock. That's that's massive money. Huge. Mm-hmm. So there was 10,000 empty seats today. 10,000 empty seats yeah. today, Kevin. And that's just, so, by the way, that, that's just the tickets. Sold. You've then got the average yeah. revenue spent in the stadium um, that you're losing exactly. out on as well. You've, you've got your famous Kelly party that nobody's getting the chance to buy now. So, <laughs> exactly. You know, it's it's an absolute. I don't know. It just does my head in at times. <laughs> they're not doing. Not doing I know. You either, and, and you, you can charge Celtic fans the premium because we're daft enough and we'll pay it because we just want to go and watch our team. But Kilmarnock can benefit from that, or you can do as Laura said, and you can say, let's just let all the kids for the local schools in for free. Seats haven't been filled anyway. But then your point, you're going to sell. At the club shop, you're going to sell at the pie stall. You're going to make revenue off them anyway. And it's more than if you don't sell, if you don't give away the seat in the first place. Well, 1.5 to 2 million a year, Kevin, could be um, you know, generated and then put back into youth development or actual recruitment. Um, and then you might have a better team and a better product. And then you have to give away less tickets a season after that. However... Uh, putting Scottish football right is not our job, but we do have plenty strong views on it. Danielle comes in. I, I do want to talk about some of the individual performances. Matt O'Reilly, man of the match for me, says Danielle. He was brilliant. And, you know, he was going for a hat-trick um, at half time. We spoke about the fact, Laura, that uh, what we wanted to see from Matt O'Reilly was more goals. He gave us two in the first half and his all-round play, I thought, was excellent. Um, and just played a blinder by keeping him in against Rangers. And obviously, he's followed that up with another brilliant performance today. Yeah, I mean... We we talked about it before the game. Nobody sitting here or, or watching, I'm sure, is is questioning the talent level of of Matt O'Reilly. I genuinely think that there's other issues at play that that prevent him having the form throughout the season that you would want him to have. But what's clear from today um, is that he does have 
a quality over and above a lot of other players of a similar level that I think is to be um to be commended and I I think it's important to remember as well that you know the number of assists that he's got for Celtic although I myself said before the game I want to see more goals from him and we got them today he's still contributing even if he's not scoring he is contributing assists and so it was great to see that today um Having said that, I mean, I think I could have had a go at the Kelly defence today, the way they were playing. I mean, they were absolutely horrendous. And and as for, um, you know, Derek McInnes, you know, we're talking about giving managers time. If he keeps putting out a commander team that does performances like that, I don't know how much time he's going to have. Um, but um, that's not me lobbying for an ex-Rangers player sack, and I would never do that. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, sad to see, isn't it? Anyway, <laughs> you said that with so much feeling, Laura. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where it was going, and then I just convincing. thought I'll just stick the knife into Derek McInnes. Why not? <laughs> almost, almost thought you meant it. Now, by the way, here we go. I'm, I'm not having this, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. In relation to um, support your local club, no G postcode. No, I think that's meant to say entry. He's not talking to somebody called Terry. About, well, I'm, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that Mo is ascribing to the uh, one club open to all policy that we like to ascribe to Celtic uh, supporters. I didn't. I wasn't aware of yeah. a a postcode um, uh, issue that meant that you get turned away at the gate. Because um, if that's the case, I wouldn't have been able to be a Celtic supporter for four years when I was living in Dumfries. Paul, you'd never have been a Celtic supporter, and Kevin, I don't even know where that puts you in the scale at the moment. But that's that's postcode doesn't even have. My postcode doesn't even have letters in it out here. All numbers. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have no it, chance. It's bizarre. <laughs> I always I always go back to that. Um, it's not where you're from, it's where you're at when it comes to Celtic. And uh, Mo, I don't know if you're on the wind-up, mate, but that that is nonsense. Uh, I, I normally welcome every comment on, this, on the show, but that is an absolute nonsense, my friend. Now, uh, another player who was keen to impress in that second half was O. It comes on at half-time. Again, that's a massive part of um, what changed in Celtic's play is, you know, that offensive quality of Kyogo. And, you know, you take him off at half-time. Understand why you would take him off at half-time, both to try and uh, give him a bit of a breather. McGregor got a wee breather in the second half as well. But also to give O some game time, Kevin. And he comes on. Um, I do like his approach to the game. You could see that he was so determined to try and do something that would, um, you know, uh, pique the interest of Jurgen Klinsmann. A lot has been uh, spoken about there. But um, since he's come into the club, I just, you know, I, I really like his approach to the game. He's got, um, uh, he's got a, a nature that I, I just think to myself, he's going to ruffle a lot of feathers. I think in the Scottish game, I think Yakamakis eventually did. Um, and he was always on the end. He really, really kind of poor refereeing decisions just because he was a big, strong player. And O's got a bit of that about him as well, isn't he? He does. I really like O. I've been really impressed by what we've seen of him in these games. I felt sorry for him today, if I'm being honest, because it wasn't his fault that we stopped playing in the second half. Um, and he, he did his best. He was a big physical presence, as much as he could be, put himself about as he does. Uh, oh, I'm just going to read back. Take me off my train of thought. It's, it is probably going to win the award for the worst comment I've ever seen on a Celtic State of Mind. Mo, you're at the wind up. That's, what I, that's the only thing. I, and by the way, you subscribe oh. to the channel or you wouldn't be able to comment. 
Um, maybe that's why you're more because he always used to have the wind ups when people would phone his boozer, wouldn't he? I wee Bart would that's wind right, him up. I think you're trying to do that, son. You're trying to do that more. Take a day off, pal. Uh, Sorry, Kev. Ah, no, you're fine. Um, where was I? Yeah, oh, I thought he's um, been really impressed with him in his game so far. I felt sorry for him today because, uh, as I said, the game changed in the second half and it was nothing to do with him. He tried his best. He almost scored. He got an end of that cross from Vata yeah. in the second half. Um, and those are the kind of balls, kind of crosses. I think he's going to live off. That's the striker he is. Put mm-hmm. something into the near post and that's where he'll be. He'll make the move. He knows the moves. He knows how to be a centre forward. You know, he, like he's, he's accomplished. He reads the game well up front. Just give him time. Give him minutes. Start him. I think that's what he needs. He needs a few starts. Because it, it's, it can, I guess, be difficult coming into a game when you're already 4 nothing up. And then... The opposition are obviously not going to open up because they don't want it to be a humiliation. So they're going to be tighter at the back. They're going to be probably more physical in their approach. We've slackened off a little bit. So yeah. I'm not going to be I wouldn't be harsh on them after today's performance. I wouldn't I wouldn't use this as the barometer to judge him by because uh we know he's a good player. And I do also like the cockiness whenever he scores a goal. His celebrations, there's just been something about them. It's like scoring a goal in the 60th minute to go 2-1 up and the top comes off like it's the last-minute winner. And he's got something about him. He's got he's, he's on the borderline of being like overly arrogant and knowing he's a good player. He's right there. And I think that's a, it's a great place for a forward to be because it knows he's, you know he's got belief in his own abilities and he trusts himself and he gets the chance that he's going to put it away. I think he'll be a big player for us in the next two or three seasons. Yeah, no, you're right. And he's got that. He's 22. Remember the wee run up to the penalty as well. That wee shimmy. He, he absolutely backs himself. Um, but you're right to bring up that Vata ball again, stoned out lot, 1888. Because I'll tell you what, when you watch it back in slow motion, it was pinpoint perfect. Um, it's, it's excellent. And it's first time as well. It's the way he lets the ball come in front of him. Yeah. Like he's, not, he's not got a thought of, oh, when he get this under control, I don't want to make a mistake here. That's another one. If he's got belief in his ability, he lets the ball run in front and then whips in a great ball. Uh, and he's really unfortunate that he doesn't have his first assist in a Celtic jersey. Nah, you're right. And by the way, I've got to say, Mo, blaming me for the state of Scottish football is up there. It's up there with blaming me for the uh, the petrol bomb at Peter Lowell's house, which was something else I was blamed for, just for uh, giving an opinion on a Celtic state of mind. So... Uh, what was okay. that, Paul? I, could, I couldn't understand the five accent. Sorry. Sorry. I, I know. No, you're right. You're right. How dare I speak about Celtic <laughs> uh, without a G postcode? Bizarre. <laughs> um, the other players that we spoke about before the game, um, the starters today, Kobayashi, Awata, Haksabanovic. Let's try and summarise their performance as well, Laura. Um, Kobayashi, again, I think didn't do anything untoward and that's what I'm looking for from a defender I'm looking for them to be unremarkable and it was exactly that you know I tend to find that you only comment on a defender if they're doing something that makes you go oh dear what was that 
and he certainly doesn't do that. He's very confident on the ball, seems to have really good positional sense and be in the right place at the right time. You very rarely see him being caught on the turn or um, or making last-ditch challenges, um, which um, I think it was Paolo Maldini says, if I'm having to make a late challenge, then I've already made the mistake, something like that. So, um, uh, so yeah, definitely pass marks for him. Iwata, again... Really good quality. I, th- I meant to bring it up at half time actually, but I, I don't know if we did talk about it. But the shape of the midfield was interesting because I was talking to my brother about it while we were watching the match. And it actually looked like it was McGregor and Iwata in defensive mid positions with O'Reilly slightly ahead. And we were wondering if that was maybe a Ange maybe forecasting ahead to, to next season for the bigger games you know, looking at changing that midfield shape and having two anchors instead of one because I think playing with one in the Champions League this season we were left uh, exposed a little bit but love Iwata, he's just got that he's got that that quality that you you look at him and before you've even seen him kick a ball you just think, I bet he's a player mm. and I don't know what it is about him like that you can't, can't put it on him but He's definitely got that look about him and he does back up on the pitch. Haksabanovic I'm a big fan of. Um, I just prefer him on the left-hand side, if I'm honest. I, I think he's better cutting in from the left-hand side. Uh, we've seen him do it often enough and score goals and I would love to I would love to see him maybe make more of an effort, or not more of an effort, but I would, I would love to see a situation where he becomes more of a a first-choice left-hand-sided player, but when you've got the talent of Jota there and Maeda, who likes that position as well, um, it's difficult to choose between the three of them who who you would prefer, and I think it probably depends on who your opposition is as well. So, yeah, definitely pass marks for all three. Um, Having them in from the start certainly didn't weaken the team, as we saw in the first half, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, no, you're right. And and again, it goes back to that um, discussion we had during the week about where do we strengthen in the summer? And uh, there's a suggestion that maybe even on the right-hand side, when you look at the maybe the long-term uh, situation with James Forrest and he's missing a lot of games. Abada, apparently there's been interest in Abada for a summer move. Um, and then Haxabanovic doesn't seem as effective on the right-hand side. So maybe that is a position we'll be looking at. But then at the same time, Kevin, you think, well, Vata, showed some promise there when he came on in the second half as well. What do you make of the Kobayashi Awata and uh, Haksabanovic performances today, Kev? Yeah, I, I thought I thought uh, Kobayashi was excellent at the back. I, I think he dealt with everything. There was maybe, I think he maybe missed one header in the whole game and that was about it. And then he recovered straight away. Uh, so aerially, pretty decent. Whenever he had the ball at his feet, his passing again was excellent. There's a couple of passes he played in the first half with like the outside of his boot, kind of go over the top to release Maeda in the channel. Um, I think we've got a real player with him. He's someone that can help with the style of play that we want to have, building out from the back um, and, and making those passes where we cut out the midfield from time to time and take it straight to the wide man. So really impressed by Kobayashi. Uh, Iwata, I'm just... Always impressed with him. I don't know what else to say about him. He just, as Laura says, he's got that look about him where he doesn't need to touch the ball yet, and you know he's a player. He just carries himself in that way that you could feel confidence in him that he's going to deliver every time he walks on the pitch. Really solid, dependable midfield player. Haksavanovic, I was disappointed by him today, if I'm being honest. I just I didn't feel he got in the game 
tall, but then that's again probably, as Lawrence said, he's more effective playing on the left than he is on the right. Yeah. He wants to cut inside every time when he gets the ball and he's so ruthless and dangerous when he does. What is it, Ross County? The one where he's cut inside and bent one in the corner. I think he did it against Hearts as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um it just it just wasn't his game today. But he's another player that I'd, I'd like to see get a, a run of games. For him, for me, he has to play in the left or as a number 10, the position I'd love to see him get a few games in. Today just wasn't it, but then it's going to be difficult for him because he's a player who is on the sidelines quite a lot. Um, and I feel he needs two or three games just to get mm. up to speed and then you'll see the best of him. So no major concerns. I don't think you can come away from a 4-1 victory and have too many concerns about anyone that's played. And the the other guy that you mentioned there, Vata, is he the future on the right-hand side? He's done nothing to suggest that he's not. He looks like he's a a really good prospect. Don't want to put too much pressure on him too soon, but he looks like he's he's a really good prospect. And the sooner we can get the league wrapped up, and maybe give him three or four starts towards the end of the season, that could really, really boost his, his development. And you'll get a better understanding then if he is the player to fill that role next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hope we do get that 17. I think it turns 18 next week, and um, i love to see it. And we also love to see people tuning in to Axon from all over the planet. Uh, the pool hustle travel, hello from the early white. Hail yeah, hail. I was going to say, uh, my, my request for... These days? <laughs> <laughs> My request for future shows is I want a comment from everybody to see how many people all over the... Who's the furthest person away from a G postcode that's watching? I would love to see that. That's that's the, one of the biggest selling points at Celtic is it is a club for for all. And um, I, I think there's, there's elements um, within our fan base who will never get the opportunity to see Celtic play in the flesh. You know, and there's a beauty in that as well. They've fallen in love with this club for any number of reasons. Um, and there again, you, well, there's Chris, Chris Fraser, hail, hail from Houston, Texas. Love that. Houston, Texas. <laughs> and you can see it on, particularly on YouTube, you can see where everybody's tuning in from and you see it, you know, changing every single day, the percentage. Uh, we've got a lot more people from Canada tuning in since Alistair Johnson signed for the club. Obviously, there's been yeah, a, was, an interest from Australia, the, Japan. The two lads I met last night. Mm-hmm going to follow Celtic for forever now really all because of Alistair Johnson and yep. that's that's the appeal that we've got exactly one final uh, we'll probably talk about it during the week as well but Alan, Alan raised a, a point I wrote it down in the second half here two hands on those shoulders and he can't jump it's a penalty for me and it was just kind of like you know waved away commentary mm. teams were very dismissive of it but when you watch it back he is all over all but again I go back to the attitude that refs had with Yakamakis uh, two, twofold um, you can't you can't foul him because he's a big strong lad. So how on earth can you how on earth can he end up on the deck? And then secondly, every time he went in for a challenge, he was being penalised. And I think that that's that's a, something that we're going to have to look out for in those performances as well. Uh, the referee just thinks, well, how on earth could he have been um, uh, brought down there because you're a big strong centre? And actually, when you look at the infringement, there was a shout for a penalty. Um, but yeah, Corby, loads of Celtic fans down in Corby and a big supporters club down there as well. Thanks, everybody, wherever you're from, for tuning into a Celtic state of mind. Keep coming back because uh, we are a club open for all and we're a podcast open for all as well. Uh, great performance. Let's not take the second half... Uh, 
um, shine away from it. Great performance all round, 4-1. We've, we've now hit 102 goals in the league. Uh, we're breaking records left, right and centre. Um, long may that continue. We'll be back tomorrow at 12.30 for the normal bulletin. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved in the chat today. And thank you once again to Kevin and a return from Laura Bradburn for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network.